Hey there, this is Larry, and I'm here with Armin. You're about to listen to a great episode. But before you do, we want to let you know that we're now podcasting over at the Bold Idea Podcast. That's right, and we're not adding any new episodes to Reinventure Me, but we think you're really going to like what we're doing on the Bold Idea Podcast. We're interviewing some great guests and packing ideas and inspiration to help you put your faith to work to bring your idea to life. So when you're done with this episode, go check it out at boldideapodcast.com. Episode 73 of the Reinventure Me Podcast. We all have boundaries, whether we know it or not. Rather than waiting for someone to cross a line with you, why not figure out what they are? We're going to talk about how to set boundaries in this episode of Reinventure Me. Thanks for joining us. Find your next great beginning. Welcome to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Hello, so glad you could join us on episode 73 of the Reinventure Me podcast. This is Larry Gates along with my co-host. Armin Asadi. Hey, Armin, how are you? Good, how are you, Larry? I am well. I'm back from vacation. Rough life. <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. Yeah, I've been spending the entire couple days back just scratching my arms from all the mosquito bites. <laughs> what? Where were you? I was in northern Wisconsin on a lake. Oh, that's where you were? Yeah, yeah. So you were in yeah. my family's territory. Yeah, was I? Yeah. Where in northern Wisconsin? Uh, lake Namakagan, east of Cable. I don't know. I've never heard of that. Are you pronouncing it right Beautiful for sure? Lake. Either that or Namekagan. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, I think it's Namakagan. So. Okay, yeah. I don't know. But that sounds like it's right next to our neck of the woods. Is that right? Yeah, because yeah. she's from Bayport, but her parents live in like the Iron River area. Oh, sure. Or Ulu or... Does any of that? Are you sure you're pronouncing that right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, yeah, yeah. I can't go up there without saying that city's name. So it's the Finnish pride city. There we go. The town of eight. Well, for all of you who are not in the upper Midwest, uh, Wisconsin is a state just to the right of Minnesota. <laughs> it's where you get your cheese from. It's where you get your cheese That's from. That's about it. Yeah. And the Green Bay Packers. That's right. That's well, right. we are talking about what's next in life. That's what this podcast is all about. We want to help you discover new ways to reinvent your life, your opportunities, and discover the ventures that God has called you into. That's why we do this podcast. That's right. The show notes are going to be on reinventure.me slash 73. So if you go to the web, Type in that address, you can get to the show notes. We are talking today about setting personal boundaries. Yes. And probably no better way to kick off. You found a great quote here. Yeah, by your favorite quarter. Yeah, Anani. Anani, that's yeah, right. He's Pakistani or Iranian. Iranian. <laughs> Whoever wants to claim him can claim him. So this is by an unknown individual, but the quote is Whatever you are willing to put up with is exactly what you will have. Uh, that's awesome. Isn't that it's, true, it's, though? It's so true. Here's what I'm thinking is, how many often have we allowed people to treat us? And in the end, hasn't it been our responsibility if it happens again because we didn't deal with it when it happened? Yeah. I mean, think about like a boss that we've had, our spouse, in-laws, friends, or anything like that. When somebody did something to us and we just let it pass, mm-hmm. how often does it happen again? Yes, that old line, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Yeah, exactly. You haven't learned from it. And it's so true. We're going to talk about boundaries because boundaries are such a hard thing to really understand and grab a hold of in many ways because we've already formed boundaries or not formed boundaries, but it's all subconscious. We rarely take a look at that intentionally. And it's all of what you described, you know, having just come back from that family vacation where we had family and invited guests along with us. Terrific time. I really loved it. But it also makes you aware where in family systems, 
boundary setting is often the most difficult because these are not relationships that you choose. (laughs) (laughs) Well stated. They're chosen for you, (laughs) you know? And you have to put up with people's peculiarities Mm -hmm. and the encroachments and what your needs are, their needs are. And that's often a time where boundary setting really, really can be challenging. Yeah, especially when it's down the line. I didn't know enough about stuff like this until I got older. And one of the things I think I convinced myself even after I learned about it is I felt like it was too late. <laughs> You've already, all the fences were already down. Yeah, I feel like I would just be bringing up old issues. So rather than moving forward, I would just be going backwards. Oh. So for me, this is even an interesting topic because I think, man, there's a lot of family, specifically family relationships that I have that I feel like are so far down the line. Do I set the boundaries now? Yeah. Or am I going to bring up old issues that's going to make things weird or what? So for me, this is curious. Yeah. And boundary setting isn't just uh, you know confined to family situations. Of course, right. that's where it's often hardest to wreck them. But they're in our vocational settings as well, where you know we might have an employer that's seeking more from us than we're willing to give over a longer period of time Very or what common. have you. Yeah, very common. The needs of the organization might dictate that. You might be the only person that can do something, and then you feel like that's persistently the case. And then you don't know, well, how do you say no, and how do you do it in a way you get to keep your job? Yeah, exactly, yeah. And it also has an effect on how we just think about the lifestyle that we want to create and Mm -hmm. the things that we believe God's called us into. It's one of those challenging things that we have to look at. I think we always have to constantly redefine what those boundaries might be. You can't really think about life work balance without thinking about the term boundary. I mean, that it's really fundamentally boundary is what you say no to. Hmm. That's really good. Yeah. When our kids were little, they would pound on each other, you know, especially the boys, they just beat each other up. And I would, (laughs) I would jump in there and try to, you know, tell them, no, don't do this. And Anna would say, you know what? We're teaching them. See, Anna's a much better parent than I ever was, (laughs) but she'd say, we're teaching them to say their own no's. You know, because one of our kids wouldn't mind the rough wrestling getting, and I was surprised because he was always the one kind of getting pounded on, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's probably a love language for him, though, huh? Yeah. Well, and pounded on by his older sister, I think, in some cases, you know? And so there's a question of, like, you know, at what point in time do you step in and intervene? Yeah. You know, yeah. and my initial reaction as, as a parent was just, like, to intervene. I guess I was almost the, the overprotective mom in the relationship. <laughs> you know? But Anna was very smart about this because she's like, no, if we don't teach them to say their own no's now, hmm. they won't learn to say it when they get older. Wow. And teaching your kids to set boundaries because of who they are, to self-differentiate and say, you do not need to encroach on my space. I am important. I need to be able to set my own nose and know that that's okay. Hmm. So like when we play Tickle Monster, for instance, you know, and I tickle them. Yeah. If they said stop, that meant I had to stop. I mean, it wasn't like stop meant, oh, I'm having so much fun. Will you keep tickling me? Yeah. You know, I had to respect their no. And so we were teaching them. That when they say no, it means no, and that it's okay for them to say no. So when they've had enough, they've had enough, and that's a boundary they set up. Wow. And that's just a life skill we have to learn over time. And oftentimes, you know, we hmm. didn't have that modeled when we were little. And so we grow up as adults. We want to please people. Yep. And maybe we're conflict avoiders. Yeah. And I think conflict avoiders have the hardest time with this in terms of not 
willing to set boundaries because they don't want the conflict that potentially could come from saying no to somebody. Yeah, it's super stressful for it them. It is stressful. You want everybody to be okay. Can't we yeah. all just get along, you yeah. know? And so... Because they have the, that stigma that conflict means bad. Right. And it's also just, you know, for some people, it's just such a very stressful thing, as you pointed out. Yeah. So it would be preferable for them to just say, I'll just give into it rather than deal with the potential stress that might come from somebody who pushes back to their no. I'm good. I mean, I think we can end the podcast now because I just got a huge takeaway that's going to actually change the way I raised my kid, that whole teaching them to say no. So I'll see you later, Larry. I was huge, though. I, I've never heard that. I've never learned that. Nobody ever did that with me, you know? Oh, all right. So that's huge. Right. We'll get Anna in here to talk about parenting, right? Well, we should talk about why setting boundaries are important. So one of the things we talked about when going over this is you said this and it gave me, well, you do this to me quite often. I get the wow factor, but <laughs> you brought up God's will uh-huh. um, and how that's affected when you don't set boundaries. And I literally have never put God's will in alignment with boundaries. So mm-hmm. if you could even touch on that. Well, yeah. So I think that one of the real important things about setting boundaries is when you're able to set boundaries, you're saying that I have some value myself as a person and that it isn't always dependent on doing what you want. Mm. And we've talked about this in an episode before Alvin Toffler. If you don't have a strategy, you're part of somebody else's strategy. But it's another way of also saying I'm emptying myself of any right to be my own person. Mm. And when you empty yourself of the right to be your own person, then you've diminished faith in what God wants to do through you. And so when you're boundaryless or you allow people to just run over you without saying no and setting up the appropriate places, in some ways you're not affirming what God has created in you. What if you strategically choose to be a part of somebody else's strategy? <laughs> well, you can align with somebody else's strategy, but then that, but then you share a strategy. Okay. Just that's, not, you that's, share. that's okay. It, you don't have to have a strategy that's unique. Right. In fact, many strategies are quite shared and that's the value of team. Yeah. But if it's not your strategy and then you haven't bought into it, it isn't where you believe God's placed you and what you're here to do. Yeah. And most of us just go through life rather opportunistically. We don't really kind of think about these things. Right. And so something will come up and we learn to say yes and we don't really protect what are our higher goals. Yeah. So one of the real big reasons to set a boundary or learn to know how to set boundaries, is so you can protect the most important things, the mm. things that you're designed to do. Yeah, right on. I remember one of the things that it helped me quite a bit, and you put it in terms of protecting your own vitality. But I remember when I first walked into a ministry role, I was willing to do anything, anytime. All options are on. Three in the morning, whatever. It didn't matter. Yeah, when I first met you, I think you said you eat tasks for breakfast or something no like i that. said it's my action items are action, my love language action items for your love language that's it <laughs> which they were <laughs> um but what i realized because i was so willing to do anything for the ministry i really was uh-huh. I, I was wholeheartedly in love with the ministry yeah but what i realized is my leader was wholeheartedly involved with something different other than the ministry right it was whatever was going on with him and he was checked out maybe? he wasn't checked out but distracted. He, he was very hungry, but in an unhealthy way. Right? Okay. 
a lot of us got overworked. Oh, sure. you know, and I yeah, never, so it wasn't a healthy environment. No, well, I mean, we always thought it was. We always realized things too late because when you're in love with something that you're doing, you just don't realize it, right? But what I started realizing is Sunday after Sunday, I would just lost all my energy, oh, yeah. and it was I was forcing myself to mm-hmm. be. To rise up. Yeah, to be yeah. pleasant in conversation, uh-huh. to have energy. Yeah. And I realized it was just because I never set the boundary of saying, all right, man, you know, like these these midnight runs that we're doing that we're going from literally, you know, 8 a.m. to midnight, you know. Yeah, you were burning out. Yeah. Yeah. But it's because we always said, that's okay, let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the problems when you don't set a boundary and don't say no, you're not protecting your own vitality. That happens and people will take as much as they can from you. I certainly had that experience, which I've shared on other episodes where, you know, I worked for Cray and there were times where, you know, I put in 110 hour weeks right? and people can't do that for very long without. That's, you know, a, that's the exact amount of time we were doing when we were doing ministry was 110 yeah, hours. Yeah. It, and, and you can't sustain that. You're not yeah. built to sustain it and you can't. And, you know, it just requires a firm boundary. Now, that's, of course, the challenge when everybody is all in and they're all committed in the way because you've got this group pressure going Mm -hmm. to do it or you're not part of the team. Right. And that's really where you need to rethink your your boundaries. Just to bounce off that, I think another why behind the importance of setting boundaries is the relationships that you're mentioning, right? Mm -hmm. So whether it's the relationships you have in a corporate setting or ministry setting or, you know, your spouse, your children, whatever it is, if you don't have those boundaries there, you're setting yourself up to have unhealthy relationship, unhealthy conflict, unhealthy, whatever. But if you do have boundaries there, you're setting yourself up to have really healthy relationships. Yeah, you are. Because when you know what your boundaries are and you know how to work them and communicate them, you're actually modeling good negotiating skills. So <laughs> really good point. Yeah. You know, you're able to say, this is what my needs are. Yeah. Tell me about your needs and let's find a way where we can meet both parties' needs. Yeah. That's the goal. You want to create a win-win. Yeah. And oftentimes a boundary crossing can be defined by a win-lose. Somebody wins and somebody loses. But when you've got good, healthy boundaries, there's a win-win there. Right. And, and when you have that by the way, when you have that kind of dialogue that goes on, it not only promotes your own vitality by protecting your own interests, but it promotes the other person's because hmm. in setting your own boundaries, you become sensitive to the need for other people to also set theirs, and you become more sensitive to the fact that maybe you're encroaching upon them and may adjust your own behavior so that you're not always encroaching on people asking them to do stuff that you know is probably beyond what they should do. <laughs> right, right. I mean, I think we could keep going on and on about the importance of why it's so important for us to set these boundaries. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think a lot of people have probably grasped that right now if you've lived any amount of life. But let's talk about what a boundary is and just contextualize it for somebody who maybe has not set boundaries in their relationships or wherever. Yeah, in a very simple way, a boundary is just the bright line. It's the thing that says, this is where I say no. Yep. You know, beyond this is a no. But up to this, I, I'm okay. But beyond this, you've asked too much of me. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm basically saying no. And it, it's really a way of doing self-protection. Right. You know, If you don't take care of yourself first, if you're not the highest priority, if you don't have vitality as your highest priority, your self-care, then how can you uh, love God? How can you love other people? How can you love your family? How can you serve at your work? How mm-hmm. can you do all of that if you don't have your vitality first? Yeah. 
And that's why flight attendants say, you know, put on your own mask before assisting others. Wow. Because you have to, yeah, you have to take care of yourself first. That's very true. Yeah. You know what it made me think of is uh, when I used to actually do weight training, I had a friend who would just get really mad at me when I would spot him. So we'd be on the bench. Why? And he would just get mad. And I could tell he's getting mad. It wasn't just a workout. And he would never say anything to me. So one day while we were uh, about to hop in the showers and stuff, I'm like, dude, why do you look so mad when I spot you? <laughs> he goes, oh, nothing, nothing. And he's one of those conflict avoiders. Okay. I'm like, come on, man. I can tell you're annoyed or mad or something. He goes, look, I just hate it when somebody spots me before I'm ready to be spotted. He was mad telling me. I'm like, so just tell me. Why wouldn't you tell me? He's like... Well, you oh, like, so he was mad when you were spotting him. Yeah, well, I get it. I mean, long story short, he was getting mad because he thought that I was thinking in my head that he couldn't couldn't do, do it. it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's what I was signaling uh-huh. to him that he's I don't. Weak. I don't want you to he hurt yourself. Yeah, you're he not can't able finish to do it. This. And I was like, "Come on, seriously, <laughs> you can tell me that? Yeah. Like, come on, yeah. that's so weak. Uh-huh. <laughs> you can set that boundary. It's okay. Right. I know when to spot you if you tell me. Yeah. Well, it's good recognition on your part to lean into that and ask him what what was there that's one of the problems with boundary setting is different people have different needs for where they say no right and i may be totally insensitive to it because hey i i've got a larger tolerance level than other people (laughs) and some people have much larger tolerance levels than me yeah you know so everybody's going to be a little bit different on that and i think one of the keys for setting boundaries is just to develop the sensitivity and awareness that other people need to have boundaries as well because more often we're well i can speak for myself more often i'm the encroacher rather than the encroachee oh me too totally yeah and i do it to myself the one area that i have to persistently set boundaries on is more for me hmm. not just to protect my own interests but boundaries against myself yeah so in other words i like what one person said the problem of not attaining a goal is that you have a clearer path to a lesser goal. Oh, wow. And that's the truth for me is that I often say yes to lesser things Hmm. and I haven't said no to lesser things. So I don't even set a boundary for myself in terms of what I do. And that's just prioritization. Right. But it's also protecting what are my higher goals. And clearly if we're going to look at what God might want to do in our lives, each of us have something, I'm guessing, that we really would like to do. Something like that bucket list thing that we right. just feel God's calling us to do. And we got to. Skydiving. Yeah, we'd like to really get at it. <laughs> but how do we protect our that as a higher goal? Yeah. And so for me, boundary setting isn't even so much about encroachment of others, mm-hmm. but encroachment by myself, mm. on myself, you know, and, and not protecting what my higher goals are. Kind of, it's exercising self-care, basically. Exactly. I love it. Exactly. We're, we're kind of talking about this idea of how we're basically protecting ourselves by placing these boundaries around us. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I'm curious about is what are the types of things that we're protecting ourselves from? Well, as I mentioned a minute ago, at least for me, oftentimes it's just protecting myself from lesser things, lesser yeah lesser yeses than the things that I'd like to do. But when it comes to encroachment of boundaries by others, I think we're really protecting ourselves from a couple of situations. One is really excessive expectation. Mm -hmm. You know, we talked about the work environment that you mentioned the one where, you know, you're working, you know, 12 hour days or whatever for a period of time. And I think excessive expectation has, you know, three characteristics to it. One is that it's persistent. You know, it, it never seems to be satisfied. It's, it's always there. And I remember when I was in that situation where I didn't have good 
personal self-care boundaries. Mm. I felt like mine, it was more important for me to show that I was the good corporate citizen and keep at work yeah. than it was for me to show that I was the good home citizen yeah. you know, and attend to the needs of my family. And so that was persistent because it was relentless. It never gave up. The other thing is that it's accelerated. It always seemed to get worse. I mean, it wasn't like it was just for a period of time and then it let up. It seemed like it was persistent and accelerating. There's always more to do. Yeah. And there's always more that you can sign up for. And when you don't have good boundaries and you're not well-defined as a person and you need approval from other people, right. especially when you're trying to climb a corporate ladder, oh, you'll gosh, always say yeah. yes to stuff. Yeah. And then you get yourself into hot water. And then last is it usually goes unrewarded. I mean, it might be rewarded in terms of recognition that, hey, there's a hard worker or whatever. But generally speaking, it isn't worth the crossing that you did, you know, mm -hmm. that what you gave up yeah. is not worth it. I remember having a leader who would kind of step into my leadership meetings or, or with my team. And I remember one of the things he would do is touch base and say that he's available to them, encourage them, that kind of stuff. You know, the boss's boss coming in. Yeah. I remember one of the things he used to do is he would, after having the meeting and he would process something with the team, he would start tasking my team for me. And I would never say anything about it, but I always remember walking off just being like, I don't know, I would just be annoyed. It's doing your job. Yeah. yeah. And when I would try to, you know, stop it from happening right there, mm -hmm. he would just, the what he said wasn't condescending, but the way he would say it was condescending. Mm -hmm. And it always just irritated me, right? And then I remember having a conversation with him. I realized the only reason he was doing it is he thought I didn't want to task them with those things. Oh. And he just... He was spotting you before you wanted to be spotted. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally. Oh, my God. I never thought of that. Mind blown. But yeah, I mean, for me, it was just, I didn't understand what was happening until I had that conversation with him. But I always, and to your point of encroachment, I always thought he was encroaching on my yeah. you know, leadership yeah. or on my team. And that's the thing. See, boundaries can be set for encroachment in those kind of ways, all kinds of different ways we do it. The worst form, perhaps, is when there's abuse, You know, when there's mm. physical abuse or emotional abuse or shaming or any kind of abuse like that. Yeah. The the hardest boundary setting that I've ever had to go through was with my own mother. And when Anna and I got married, my mom was opposed to our getting married. Ooh. And about six or eight months, my mom started sending letters to me. And in the letter usually was a clipping from a, a newspaper that would talk about a wife killing her husband with a knife what? while uh, he's sleeping or something. You know? no. So she's trying to plant fear that my wife, my lovely wife, Jeez. Anna, was going to kill me so, in some way. And then if Shut it wasn't up. if it wasn't murder, it was about how husbands are losing their wives to affairs or no. you know, just planting all this stuff. And she'd write these letters just all concerned. And, and uh, you know, finally, I had oh to call my, my mom and say, you know, listen, first of all, I'm not keeping anything about what you're saying from Anna. I, it's important for her to know where her attacker is coming from yeah. and what the attacker is saying. But honestly, this is not acceptable behavior. Good for and, you. Uh, for as long as you continue to do this, yeah. we cannot have dialogue. Wow. I'm happy to in have dialogue with you, get together for meals and, and visit with you, but only if your behavior stops. Wow. You know, and it took over a year, maybe two years, I, I don't recall, but it was a long time moratorium where there was no conversation at all. Wow. Uh, because 
my mom continued to engage in that. Now she let up on it. I don't say that it was ever really healthy or her fully embraced, but she needed to see from us that we were standing together, particularly from me to Mm -hmm. say, you know, Hey, I chose to leave and cleave that cleaving part says I'm leaving, (laughs) you know, and you cannot do anything to tear us apart. Wow. And that was a really, really hard boundary because, you know, it's your mom. Yeah, it you can't know? be easy. And it really hurt. It was yeah. one of the most challenging and difficult things that I've had to do in my life, but I've never been more convinced of the need to do it. Hmm. And after a long period of time, it finally got better. I, as I said, I don't think it was like terrific, but that was important for the vitality of our marriage and for really to signal to Anna that I wasn't going to let anything tear us apart. Wow. That's a crazy story. I mean, you just can't make stuff like that up. <laughs> well, I know some people out there have even even harder and worse stories to share than that one. But I tell you from personal experience that setting boundaries up with your own family system is really challenging because, like yeah, I said, no you don't get to choose your family. Uh, many of your friends you can walk away from and you can decide, I don't need abuse like this. Right or if, if you feel like a job is asking too much of you, you can leave. Yeah. You know, you have those choices. But oftentimes... In a family situation, you can separate, but you're still your family. Right. And they're always going to carry some emotional uh, containment with that. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're coming towards the tail end here. So why don't we get into the nitty gritty on the how-to side of setting boundaries? Where, where, where would you even start with that? Well, I think one of the things to do when you set a boundary or think about it is, is what is it that you're trying to protect? You know, identify what it is. In the case with my wife, I was trying to protect the vitality of our own marriage and to protect it from, you know, attack. Yeah. And what we need to understand is how do we want to handle it? And when Anna and I first got married, in fact, even before we got married, we decided to create a foreign policy and that's what we called it. This mm. is how we're going to handle our in-laws. And so part of the boundaries that we had in terms of, of setting up a foreign policy is we do not share the other person's weakness. We do not share anything about any struggles that we have in our marriage, and we don't share our finances with our parents. Hmm. You know, we might have done that before we got married, but yeah. after we got married, all that stuff is inside of the government of the new household. It's not <laughs> privy to the foreign powers <laughs> the of the Republic. in-laws on either side, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. So I think sometimes just identifying what you want to protect Hmm. is the thing. And it might be your personal vitality, your health. You might say, Hey, uh, I'm burning out like you were saying, and I need to set some boundaries to protect it. So you got to start there. You got to understand what is that you're trying to do. So in our EQ episode or in our emotional intelligence episode, I mean, you gave this great tip and it was when I, I feel because right. Do you remember? it's, It's basically your conflict formula. So whenever somebody does something that trips a wire for you, just a formula to say, when this happens, mm-hmm. I feel this way, mm-hmm. and what you would like, I would like, and here's why, because. Okay. I went back to that formula mm. and thinking, okay, if I have to go set a boundary, specifically family members I'm thinking of doing this with, that's the formula I'm thinking of using. Yes. It's yeah. a perfect formula for boundary setting because you can identify what the encroachment is with my mom, for instance. Right. When you send a letter that attacks my wife, I feel defensive for her. Yeah. I feel that you are hostile also to me. Yeah. You know, and I had to go through all that. I would like you not to send letters like that. Yeah. And not to, I don't care what you think. You can think anything inside your head, Mm -hmm. but you're not going to communicate that stuff to us. Right. 
that so that was the formula that I used. I think not only is that a good formula for conflict, I think that's what I'm going to be using for boundary setting. I think because yeah, a lot right. of the boundaries I yeah, it's, set it's is perfect via formula for that. I'm yeah. glad you thought about that. What else do you think is uh, really important in terms of the how-to side? Well, I think what, one of the keys is to think about you know now you felt some encroachment right yeah. and and something you want to protect. Usually, it's with someone that is encroaching. Now think about whether that's persistent. If right. it's not persistent, you probably don't need a boundary. And I think we can get boundary happy, too. We all know those people who, who would say no to everything. <laughs> They're not very helpful. But if you understand where there's a persistent violation of something that is important to you, that's where you're likely to need some help with it. And then think about when that boundary is crossed, what can you control? Mm. That's key. Because all I could control in my situation with my mom was, we're not going to talk. I could say, I will not respond to that. If you call and we're on the phone and you start getting into that, I will say goodbye, mom. Yeah. It's time to hang up. I will not continue to engage in it. That's the only thing I can control. I can't control what they do. I can't control what they think, but I can define what I can control. And oftentimes, frankly, we get so emotionally upset because we want the other person to not do what they're doing that we get upset because we want to control that, but we can't. All we can do is deliver the consequences of what we can control. Yeah. You know what I find helpful in terms of me setting boundaries is me recognizing why I want to set those boundaries in the first place. Mm -hmm. What I've realized is when I have these conversations, when I'm actually trying to set a boundary with someone, their curiosity kicks in pretty quickly and they want to know why. Yeah. They don't mean it in an offensive, demeaning, condescending way. They're just kind of curious. If I go into a boundary setting thing, I don't know if you find this helpful, but it, beforehand, even setting that boundary, because sometimes your boundaries might come off weird to people. What might be a boundary for you may not be a boundary for someone else. Right? Yeah, that's good. We talked about the first step is understanding what you want to protect. But I think right along with it, why do you want to protect that? It's right. always good to have a why. Part of that leads into the next thing that I think is important for how to do this is mm -hmm. when you understand why you want to protect something, it's easier for you to negotiate a win-win. Yeah, right you know, This is what you're asking of me. This is what's important to me. Right. And it really does mean if you're one of those conflict avoiders, yeah. that you really try to understand that we're not talking about conflict, yep. but we're talking about goals and aspirations and what's important. And so oftentimes that helps a conflict avoider go, okay, I'm not addressing conflict. I'm addressing what's important to yeah. me and what's important to the other person and try to find a win-win from it. Yeah. And how to keep the other person engaged depending on what kind of relationship it is. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So what else? Well, then once you've identified the why and the what, and you are looking at what it is that might be the objective that the other person has, you can look at what are some options. And it helps when you're saying no that you don't just say no, but you help develop other options. I understand this is what you're trying to accomplish, and this is encroaching upon my whatever it is for me that I'm trying to protect. Mm -hmm. What if we did this a little differently, and you propose one or two different options? And usually the person that's setting the boundary needs to be the one that's taking the lead because they've got the thing they need to protect. So think through what are some possible options that might be acceptable to the person who's a boundary crosser. Now, obviously, if somebody's providing physical abuse or emotional abuse, you may not be in a situation where you can negotiate an option there. That just might just be crazy stuff than it yeah. was for my mom. Yeah. And it wasn't like there was a lot of negotiating options. It wasn't a rational discussion. It was coming from fear that she had that was really not 
easy to talk to. And so those might not be the case. But if you're in a corporate setting where you're consistently being asked to deliver more or give more than you're able to do, there might be some other ways by which you can just negotiate that. That's a win-win, but you have to think through what are those options. I love that. Any other final how-to tips that you could give? Well, I don't think so. I think that that's it. I mean, I think when you look at the options and you start to sit down and understand that you're not just negotiating your own needs, you should be looking to negotiate the interests of others. I mean, the Apostle Paul said, look not only to your own needs, Hmm. but also to the interests of others. That's as good a formula as you can have for boundary crossing and setting boundaries. Because once you put up a fence, you're basically drawing the line. You're basically saying, now, you need to be a good neighbor and respect that fence. So let's decide where that fence is going to be and find a way in which we can make that work. Yeah, here's your sandbox that we can play in this all day long. Yeah, and of course, you're going to find people that won't accept that. And then that's, again, go back to what you can control and do. I love it. Well, challenge me later. What do you got? Well, we all have situations where something that's important to us is being lost. And Mm -hmm. so maybe just taking the time to identify those situations where boundaries might help you manage, you know, your self-care and the relationships that are most important to you. And, And just think about what some of those are. I think that's an exercise that's worth going out and doing. Love it. Well, as always, it's been a blast, Larry. <laughs> yeah, we should probably set a boundary on the end of this episode yeah, here, right? Yeah, that'd be a good idea. We don't want to take too much time. But if you want to check out this episode, just go to reinventure.me backslash 73. I'd love to see you guys following us on Twitter at reinventureme or Facebook, LinkedIn, Google Plus, whatever. I think Larry's got us on everything. He's the marketing master. <laughs> even Pinterest. Yeah. And I don't even have an account uh, there. Neither do I, so <laughs> leave it to you. And if you do really like this episode, please do us a favor and leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher and tell your friends about it. You can find our iTunes at reinventure.me backslash iTunes or Stitcher at reinventure.me backslash Stitcher. Better yet, leave us a question or comment on reinventure.me or call us at 612-314-5447. Give us uh, feedback. Let us know some topics that you'd want us to cover or if you want to be a part of our new Reinventure Me clinic. We'd love to hear from you. We had some good feedback on that from our last week's episode. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that, go back, listen to it. We'd love to feature you and your transition on our show. If that's of interest to you, get a hold of us in any one of those ways. Well, that's all the time we have. Thanks for joining us in this week's episode of Reinventure Me. We hope you have a great week. So long. Take care. You've been listening to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. <laughs>